This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Nick Domingo, founder of Shut Up and Hustle. Nick shares with us the importance of your story and why Kobe Bryant has become one of the greatest influencers in his life. The second annual Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to the University of Indianapolis, Saturday, February the 29th, 2020. Use this one extra day in 2020 to invest in you. This year's theme for the Leadership Summit is Change the World. So join us on Saturday, February 29th, 2020 in the Health Pavilion to gain the inspiration you need to change the world. Get your tickets now, as there will be limited seating. Go to everydayleaders.com and let's change the world together. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, founder of Shut Up and Hustle. Nick Domingo, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Melanie. I appreciate the time. Wow. We have been connected for quite a few months uh, through a lot of other people on LinkedIn. I tell you, I love the social media platforms today uh, because you get to connect authentically to people that have your same passion. (laughs) So uh, this has been really a wonderful journey to follow you as a promoter and kind of a brand marketer, I, I kind of look at you and say, wow, you can teach people a lot of stuff about what they want in their messaging. So thanks for coming on and sharing all your knowledge with us. Absolutely. Hey, I can, uh, I can spill as much detail as you guys want me to. I'm, I, uh, I'm happy to share and inspire people as much as I can. Well, I love it. Um, first of all, I got to say a shout out to University of Kentucky, right? So most of my listeners, I won't say all of them, but a lot of them are from the Midwest. And so you're going to get some big rah-rahs from, from being the University of Kentucky, a big deal, right? Indiana and big Kentucky. Big blue, baby. <laughs> big blue. <laughs> yep. Oh, goodness. So, so that's awesome. And But you live in Seattle right now. So um, tell me a little bit about how you came to the University of Kentucky and and uh, kind of the backstory on this. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, my love of sports. I get I got a lot of uh, grief from people for saying that, but I chose a college because of the athletics program, not because I played, but because I was a fan. And I, I wish I was joking. Um, <laughs> my family. I grew up in Ohio, around Cleveland, and um, we spent 18 years there. And when I graduated high school my parents moved down to Nashville. And so my older sister at the time was going to Miami, Ohio, which was about three and a half hours, four hours from where I grew up in Cleveland. Um, and, you know, it was closer obviously to, to Nashville from 
I don't know, probably about five and a half hour drive from where she went to school. And I thought, you know, all my friends, they're going to Ohio school. I mean, I went to school with about 430 kids in my class. Um, and they all, most of them went to, you know, the Miami, Ohio's OU, Ohio States. And I just thought I need to change. You know, I, I've been around this since I was in preschool. I mean, I grew up in that town. And mm-hmm. so I just needed a little bit of a break to see what was different um, and kind of expand my horizons, if you will. And um, next thing I know, you know, I'm, I'm kind of smack dab right in the middle between Miami, Ohio with my sister uh, and my parents in Nashville and, and landed on University of Kentucky. I had kind of started to, you know, pick them as my college basketball team to follow about sophomore year of high school. And I went down and saw the campus and I was like, this is just a perfect blend for me. And I, there are certain points, you know, in, in someone's life where you can trace back and I can trace it to why I'm in Seattle, why I came back to Seattle, why I'm in the career that I am. And I look at that moment as a real signature moment of me uh, in my life to go to Kentucky because it, it showed in, not in the time as an 18 year old, but it showed now as, as someone who's 35, um, you know, that I was able to kind of step outside my comfort zone and test myself and, and be the outsider as opposed to the one who's kind of the primary leader, uh, which was kind of that safety net everyone else had at, at some of those schools that my friends went to. So uh, it was a great experience for me. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was, it was amazing. So one of the things that I think about, the word that comes to my mind is intentionality, right? We talk about this mm-hmm. so much in leadership, but like, how did you decide when your friends and family were doing everything different? So for people that are listening to go, yeah, I, I could have done that, but I didn't. And even though you were just a fan, right? You say, oh, well, I'm going to go to University of Kentucky. It seems like when we decide to do something, we're going to do everything in our power to get us there, right? <laughs> and that's yeah. that motivation that just comes kind of from within, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I, I think, you know, um, it's it's really the fear factor, I think. Um, and that, as I said before, that comfort level, I think so many people are so in their own ways and they're afraid to step out of that comfort zone. And my parents have always been super supportive of me. They've always allowed me to be myself, express myself, you know, whether that got me in trouble or not, I I've learned from either mistakes or successes. And, um, you know, I think in that moment, they kind of reminded me, Nick, you've always march to the beat of your own drum. And that was one of the signature moments for me because I was able to, again, get over that fear of, well, I'm not going to know anyone. I knew, I think I knew one other person who went from my high school there and she was a year older than me. Um, I hung out there, I think the first weekend I was there. And outside of that, you know, I hate to kind of get cheesy, but I, I, I always just say it's in the universe of hands at that point. And I got super lucky with a, a roommate who, was a year older as well. Um, his friends and family were very similar to the, the friends and family I had. And I grew up around his upbringing was very similar. Um, and because he was a year older, it really helped me integrate that system of now all of a sudden I have a group of friends and there was never a moment where I was sitting around thinking, Oh man, I don't, I don't know if I made the right, the right decision. So, um, yeah, it was, it was getting, getting that, inner strength to say, you know what, what's the worst that can happen from this, I think. And if it was to stay there for a year and I didn't like it and transfer back to where I was safe, great. But I'm, I'm kind of one of those people that my friends and family joke, 
you know, I, I'm glass overflowingly full, I think. So uh, I try and make the best of the situation. And luckily that one worked out for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it goes to show about mentors, right? And believing in yourself so that you can surround yourself with the people that you think are going to help inspire you and keep you connected and really fulfill kind of your dreams. And many people, like you said, if if you're fearful of that, you miss out on so much opportunity, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you can play it safe. And if you are, you're afraid of getting hit by a car, you can stay inside your house and, uh, you know, you're going to miss out on a hell of a lot that's out there in the world. So, you know, in, in a broader sense, it's, well, if I'm going to go to a school that I might not be a hundred percent comfortable, uh, being at, I don't know myself yet at 18. I don't know what major I'm going into. I always had an idea. I've always had goals that I wanted to reach. Um, and I've always been able to just say, you know what, to navigate towards that, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to sit down and analyze what that gut's telling me, make sure that it's not going to, you know, steer me in the wrong direction. And, um, yeah, I I just, I've always just kind of gone for it. And again, the, the worst thing that can happen is you, you make a mistake in your mind or you're, you're not happy and you, you change. It's like anything in, in my mind, whether it's dating, whether it's a job, whether it's, a career path, um, you know, or a city you live in, it's, you can all, you always have options. And I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people are not, not unaware of, but they don't think of it's yes. It might be a pain to move from one city to another cross country, but you can say you at least tried it. You don't have to have any regrets. And, and if it doesn't work out, you, you pick back up and you move back to where you came from. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think that's kind of the freedom, right? As a leader, we talk about so many of those things, those characteristics that you say, well, you have to give yourself permission to try things and know that if if things don't work out, you're going to be able to have the people surrounding you that support you, that give you permission to say it's okay. Uh, and that's, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people don't have that circle uh, they may feel like it's just all on them, right? If I make this decision, it's going to affect everything and every how everybody judges me and all of that. And so I think kind of being your own person and being able to kind of look back and say, I did this because I made that decision. I'm not saying my parents made that decision. My siblings made that decision. I did it. So you stepped into owning all of it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one thing that I really started to preach more recently, and, and I've done it both to my girlfriend and myself and, and even a lot of my friends that, that call me for advice or we just talk and catch up, is be kind to yourself. You know, I mean, you, no one has it all figured out. You can point to so many people who are successful, whether, however you measure success um, and, and look at what they've done, they've all failed. And it's how you respond to that failure, right? And so um, whether it's a, an athlete who, lost a, a you know Super Bowl or a national championship and now he has five or six or she has five or six um it, there might be that one defining moment that made them realize I need to get better and um you know when you fail again you have to be kind to yourself and say I'm going to take time for myself to learn to fail to to educate myself on something to make decisions and no one's got the answer. So you might as well live it. And, uh, you know, the one thing I'd like to think that I'm this kind of free spirited person and I go with the flow and I fly by the seat of my pants. I've, I've said that literally any interview I've ever done since I think 2008 or nine, since I've been out of college, I've realized that's 
that's where I'm at my most effective. And it works very well for me, but there are other people out there that are way more free spirited than me. I have to have some sort of structure and I envy the people who literally just say, you know what, man, I have to be in an office at some point today, but I live on the coast and I live here for a reason. I'm going to surf every day or I'm, you know, I live in, in New York. I, I go for a walk through central park with coffee every morning just to get some fresh air before I'm in the hustle and bustle. Like those type of people, I even, I look at them like, man, you guys just have it all seemed to, you know, figured out for what you want in life. So, uh, and I'm a work in progress. I think we all are, but it's again, being the first step is being able to be self-aware enough to say, um, you know, I'm going to be kind to myself today and, and do what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, that's the key. And because many people walk through life and say, I wish I would have. And if I would have, mm-hmm. what would that have looked like? And, and what could I have accomplished? Right. And so at some point you have to say, it's just okay. If you haven't started that journey yet to just do one thing different and start to try to make a plan around it because it's really, really important because things, then things fall into place uh, as you become purposeful and, uh, and you find ways to make things happen. And so tell me about your, your journey from Kentucky to Seattle. Yeah. So, you know, I told you there's some certain defining moments in my life where I can look back on and say, wow, this is the reason this happened. And, um, you know, from Seattle to, or from, I'm sorry, Nashville to Seattle and Kentucky to Chicago to Nashville, all these different cities mm-hmm. I lived in, you know, there, it was all with purpose. Um, and, and with Seattle, it was 2012. I started dating this girl in, in Nashville and, um, she had surprised me to come up to Seattle for my birthday. And I thought to myself, what the hell Seattle, like <laughs> everyone's perception, gray, rainy, you know, this is going to be 40 degrees in September. Like I'm going to hate this trip. And I just was, I was looking forward to it cause I was going with her, but I was like, whatever. So I got over that and was like, all right, you know, see what there is to do in Seattle, see what there is to do in Portland. Cause it was going to be a two city um, vacation. And so we ended up staying here for a week. She introduced me to her sister and uh, her sister's husband at the time. Um, we go to a, a Seattle Seahawks game. The former running back, Marshawn Lynch, I, I had done some work with him before. Um, he hooked us up with some tickets to the, the Fail Mary game, which I'm sure big sports fans know, like the, the Hail Mary at the end of the game against the Packers. We were at that game. You know, Marshawn's giving us the tickets. We're, we're going crazy. I'm thinking, man, this is awesome. And you fast forward four months, I ended up breaking up with the girl in Nashville. And I thought, I just need a change. And I couldn't think of a better spot to go to than Seattle. Um, I, you know, developed a a friendship with uh, my ex's sister and, you know, again, now ex-husband. And they've become family up here in Seattle. I ended up moving up literally six weeks after I broke up with my ex in Nashville um, things again, worked out when you talk about, you know, that regret, I could have very easily stayed in, in Nashville and not taken this opportunity and wondered what if I did this, what if I would have taken this opportunity and, and challenged myself and the universe looked out for me. And I, I ended up staying with my cousin who was coming up here at the exact same time on a eight month rotation, um, for a contract for physical therapy. And they were paying for everything for him. So he let me stay with him for free. 
Uh, I paid for a, the remaining, excuse me, the remaining rent I had in, in Nashville uh, for the three or four months that I was away and made it work. And, and here I am. And there were a lot of bumps along the way. I mean, I, I, I'm still in a bump. I mean, you, you, uh, you know, you go through the process. I lived there or lived here for six months, uh, went home for a 4th of July party that my parents always host in, in Nashville and thought, you know, I, I need to take all my stuff because I don't know, there's no reason for me to come back here to Seattle. I was working remote and working freelance. So I could have lived anywhere in the world and I chose this spot. And so, um, I went back in July for, for the 4th of July party and I was there for three months and I hustled my ass off to get back up here. I applied to every single job in Seattle. I talked to everyone and by just a simple twist of, of fate, I had already registered to run a half marathon up in Portland, um, with some friends from Nashville. We came up here. I extended my trip, um, met some friends up here, uh, that weekend that I extended my trip to, to come up here to, to kind of network. And they introduced me to the right people. And again, fast forward a month and a half, they offered me a job and, uh, to consult for them. And I moved out here permanently. So since basically October of 2013, um, despite job losses, despite broken relationship, um, I've, I've refused to go back to, Nashville or go back to my safe space. I said this, I always say Nashville or Seattle has made me a man. And I, I it's really weird to say that because I feel like I'm still 13 years old. Uh, but uh, it has, it, it's challenged me, continues to challenge me. And when I tell people what I do and, and they hear who, who I've worked for and what I've done, they think, you know, why aren't you in New York or LA? And I thought, I always say those will come but I want it to be on my time. And uh, right now I, I, I love Seattle too much not to be here. So I've made it work. Well, I'm just very grateful for the people and, and places that I've been here in, in uh, my time. Well, the world's so small, you know, it's not like you have to be, I was watching a program last night about Steve jobs, you know, and one of the kind of the prequels was back in the fifties and as he was a kid and, or the forties when he was a kid and they, and they were talking about, um, you know, what the world looked like. And it was just one of those, um, you know, takes where they were talking about the old computers and, and in the future, the computer is going to be in every household and, and you won't have to be at a certain location to do a certain job and you, can, you don't have to live in a rural area uh, it, it, to be able to be effective. And so when we talk about, you know, what you've been doing and developing content and writing for magazines and being able to bring people together, part of this is, you know, having that vision so you have your purposeful vision and you know exactly where you want to go, how you want to connect and, um, and do all of, you know, all of the things that are going to be really impactful for what your, what your next part of your journey is. And so that's what I think taking control over that uh, and being able to say, this is why I'm doing it. And many people forget that's the legacy, right? <laughs> that's kind of how you build your success yeah. to significance, <laughs> Absolutely. And you're right. I think one of the, the mottos I've kind of developed in the past few months that I tell, again, my girlfriend and a lot of my, my friends is it's not about the event. It's about the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyone can have a, a great event and it's, you know, whether it's good or bad, but you have to look at it as the big picture. And so, you know, um, for me, it, 
always been about the story. The, the good and bad times I've gone through, whether it's an adult or, you know, times I'm traveling with friends and we get into these, you know, moments and we, we look at each other and think the next day, how the hell did we get in and out of those situations? <laughs> um, but it is it's because it's, I'm all about having a story to tell people. I think that that's, you know, you talk about what your legacy is, um, you know, a mentor from a distance and, yeah, you know, all my, everyone can vouch for this is I always joke, you know, I'm, I'm part of the, the Clooney bloodline and, and, uh, I've many times since going back to my Kentucky days, actually, I, uh, have told people that George Clooney is my uncle and it was a great way for people who were intoxicated to believe that story because I have dark hair and bushy eyebrows and they believed that that was uh, legit. Uh, no, that is not legit, but it was a fun way, whether it was in college or, you know, since having this kind of inside joke now with, with friends and family where, uh, you know, it's, it's this kind of legacy of him being this classic all time storyteller and me joking that I kind of got that, get, get, got that gene from this fictional, you know, thing that I have when in, in actuality it is absolutely from my father um who will talk to a wall and have a good conversation so um yeah i think it it is it's no you want people who are interesting and i think the people who i find most interesting and inspiring are the ones who can tell a good story and are passionate and authentic in doing that and i think when you, you mentioned you know related to what i do for for work um that's the authenticity that comes out as, you know, you being able to open up and people being able to see who you are. Um, you know, again, we all have a, a great story to tell. It's just how much do you want to actually um, reveal about yourself and how comfortable are you putting yourself out there? And, and whether it's my daily life with friends and family or, or what I do for a career, I'm very lucky to, to call myself a, you know, founder, content creator, content strategist, whatever you want to say, but to the v very bare bones, it's, it's a storyteller. And that's, I'm very, very fortunate to be able to do that uh, and get my story and other people's story out there to, to help people. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's part of the, who has left the biggest impression for you as a storyteller? Ooh, um, I'm, I'm going to try not to actually get like choked up on this. Um, but uh, for me, it's Kobe Bryant. It really is. Um, I can feel myself getting choked up thinking about it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, uh, I joked about it for years with friends, family, everything, that it was this hashtag Kobe gene. Um, I modeled my life absolutely off of, of his. I still will. Um, you know, I, I grew up a huge Michael Jordan fan. It's this chip on my shoulder. It's, I have to prove other people wrong to get the most out of myself. And it's, you know, the story of how he got cut from his high school team and then went on to this great greatness in the rest of high school and college and NBA. And that, that torch was absolutely passed to Kobe. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just seeing what he did, you know, you, uh, you, you look at, the people he's inspired. I mean, look, I've never, I've never met him. I've seen him play one time. It was as a sophomore junior in high school. I'll never forget. He had 47 points. I think he missed one free throw, um, you know, and just 
just seeing him go from being a, a basketball player and want the responsibility to tell story and make his story and legacy be something bigger. Um, that's what I aspire to be. That's where I, after the, the, the realization um, hit of a couple weeks ago, I looked at it and I thought, you know, I'm, I'll never be a great basketball player. <laughs> I wish I could be. But I looked at it and said, there's a seat at that table now. You know, there's a seat at that table of all-time great, influential leaders. And this is an opportunity for someone or someones to band together and, and take that vacancy and, and create what he's already put in place for us uh, as people who, you know, were fans of his and were inspired by him to, to, to make for ourselves and, and inspire, you know, millions of other people. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, his story is just, you know, it's, uh, it's absolutely incredible. And, and to see the, the outpouring of support and the, the, again, just the, the love that people had for him. Now, don't get me wrong. He had plenty of mistakes that he made, um, in his, in his life, but you just look at what he's left and, and the, the way that he's, he's influenced all these millions of people. It's just incredible. And I hope that one day that that's where my legacy is, is he's, he's written his own story. I mean, where do you ever hear a guy winning five NBA titles, which is putting him up there as an all time great. That should be enough for someone's life. Not for Kobe. He went on and win goes to win a Academy award. Mm-hmm. He starts, you know, the mama mentality to influence kids to, to, to learn the, the sport of basketball and, it's just that story is so freaking cool um and and just amazing mm-hmm. well and you're so passionate about wanting to connect to people and i think what you said is really something we should all remember it's that one moment in time that you influence someone else's life no matter if you know them personally if you've sat in a room with them you have the power within your own self how you believe, how you show up, it can inspire someone to really see themselves differently and try to change the world through it. And that's what's amazing. Yeah, no, it, it is. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because I think, you know, we're all human and there are times where stress comes in, anxiety comes in, you know, we're just having bad days. But um, again, I've been very fortunate to have tremendous mentors uh, both in, in professional and my personal life, you know, going from my, my grandma down to my mom and my sisters to, you know, my dad to, to teachers and everyone in between who have always reminded me, again, that they've given me the support to be able to have me be myself. And, and who I am to my core is what you said. I love people. I love to see people happy. I love to see people get the, the most out of themselves. Um, and I don't know. I mean, look, I, I can't sit back and say, here's how you can do it. But in a small moment, and I know that it's such a stupid cliche, but, you know, I work from coffee shops every day to get out of the house to write and, and do work. In a small moment of interacting with the barista uh, at the, at, you know, the cashier register or walking into a, a store um, and treating everyone, whether they're someone you see every day or, or not, 
like someone that you absolutely care about. Because again, it's so easy, again, very cliche to say, you know, you don't know a guy until you get in, get, get into his shoes and walk around in his soul or whatever. And, uh, you know, if, if that person's having a really bad day, it's, it's nice to think, you know what? I was different than those other people. I, I, I cared. I put a little, maybe it was a minute extra to just talk about how their day or weekend was, or remember that they told me they were going out of town two weeks ago. And it was the first time I saw them. And I asked about their trip, you know, it's just, I think those small things that can hopefully influence uh, just people in general to be, you know, their best selves and be happy and not get too, too caught up in, in the, you know, minute moments that are bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so important. So many leaders talk about, you know, if you're, if you're putting out that, that sense of love and that thought and that mindset, there's nothing that can really get in your way to make you have a bad day. <laughs> and so it's really easy yeah. if you start your day thinking, who am I going to influence and who can I add value to? Then your day can completely turn around from how it may be have started. And so it's doing those intentional intentional steps. And uh, it's so important because most of us do work in these outside environments, right? We're a little isolated, this world of social media and uh, the way we work today, we don't go to maybe a location and sit in a cubicle anymore. We're all working remotely. <laughs> and so we have that opportunity exactly. to make those connections so valuable to us, whether it's a coffee shop or a restaurant or a library. Um, so that's really a key takeaway that I think is going to resonate with so many people uh, that are listening to this. And um, so I want to ask you a real quick question because... The Leadership Summit is coming up on the 29th of February for uh, all of my podcast guests. And so as we put this on, it's the Combine Weekend <laughs> here in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so I know you've gotten you've got some, uh, you know, connection to stories and things around the Combine. So tell me your thoughts on just this whole process of what the Combine is and how it works. And uh, as a journalist, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's great. You know, I actually, I got the opportunity to go in 2015. Um, a, a brand flew me down there to test out some of their products to run the 40 yard dash, which I'm sure everyone's familiar, but just in case they're not, it's the, the kind of make or break uh, skill challenge at the, the NFL combine, right? It's, you know, these guys are wearing absolutely you know, the lightest shoes and close to nothing. But if they run a four two forty, you know, they jump up draft boards. Right. And, uh, forget the fact they're not wearing helmets and, you know, and pads <laughs> and all that stuff. But if they can run a, a straight line four two forty, you know, they're, they're the a top 10 pick. And I think for me, it was a great experience. Um, I think it was what Elmo's Elmo's is that right? Steakhouse Saint Elmo's. down there. Yep. Uh, Saint Elmo's. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, uh, I remember eating way, way too much food there. Um, the shrimp cocktail, I believe I, we had many of those and I had a amazing steak right before we ran this 40 yard dash. Um, but for, for me, I think, and this is, it's funny you asked this question. Um, I was watching before we hopped on today, uh, the LSU Auburn, uh, basketball game. And they're talking about, LSU's point guard, I think his last name's Mays. I can't remember his first name. Um, but they were talking about how he was a, a student athlete of the year last year in the SEC. He has a 3.9 GPA. 
Um, you know, he's the leader on the floor in addition to being in the locker room. He's this pre-med student. I'm sitting there thinking, you know, in context of what you asked at the Combine, you know, there, there's such a small level of difference between athletic ability in these guys. And so when you talk to these guys, what's the most really, I think, uh, um, interesting thing, I guess, about, you know, the Combine is, what these guys are doing when they're being interviewed. You know, if I were a GM, if I were a, a, a owner or president of, of one of these NFL teams to, to sit there and hear how these guys carry them, you know, answer questions, how they speak, how they carry themselves. And, you know, outside of the athletic skill, if you said to me, well, this guy, he's not as big of a risk because, you know, he carries himself a different way or he, presents himself a different way, or we had this story about him doing this off the court or off the field. You know, I think that's, those are the cool stories you hear about um, when you kind of get a guy who is kind of the full package and he's, he's a little bit of this underdog who has a chip on his shoulder, but is, is still hungry and humble about it. And I think what makes this year's combine so interesting is, that story of, of Joe Burrow, who's projected to be the first overall pick of the Bengals, is the fact that you know, this is a guy who had a lot of high school accolades at, at a high school in, in uh, Athens, Ohio. He didn't go to his first choice, choice which was going to be Nebraska. He didn't even get a scholarship. His, his family, I believe, played there. His, his brothers did. His dad was his high school coach, I believe. And uh, you fast forward, he goes to Ohio State. Great program. Gets beat out there you know, transferred to LSU, played two seasons there and was a shell of himself last year, had a good year. But now you look at what he's done and he had the best year, I think, of any 21, 22-year-old kid in the history of 21 or 22-year-old kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he wins the Heisman Trophy and all that. So it's th- that story that I think is incredible to hear, to see how did you overcome adversity? Because so many of these guys, again, have been so great at uh the physical side but they've always been told that they've been the greatest at everything they do and so i want to hear about a guy who when you lost a game when you got cut how did you respond to that did it motivate you or did you get down in the dump and so that that i think that's the most intriguing part about the combine is when you hear those stories that come out you know a couple of years later mm-hmm. well and that's it right that's that's the gold because it's the grit that you get into in, in really the determination. And uh, we've just uh, experienced uh, Gary Brackett getting ready to try to promote his life story movie. And we went to that this week. And and it's people that you hear what really happened behind the scenes, like you said, and how many times they were challenged and they didn't give up. And they didn't really know at the time what was happening. They just made decisions. And so I think equipping, you know, learning to equip yourself to say, no matter what, I just got to stick to my vision. I got to stick to what I see. I got to put people around me that can help push me and help push myself so that I can realize what my real dream is. And, uh, and so I think it's so critical listening to you, listening to how you kind of developed your own path and encouraging people, right? It's about having them connect to you, your story, and finding that inner voice to say, today I'm going to make that decision to do things differently. Today, I'm going to make that decision to follow that path. Oh, absolutely. And look, I know that there are obstacles for everyone, you know, Um, 
whatever it is, you know, it's, it can be completely out of your control, but you know, you have a choice to make and you can do things, everything you want to do in life, um, based off a, a simple choice and a simple direction and motivation to, to get there. Now, a major part of that comes with patience. You know, I, I have goals that I want and I've had my entire life. Those aren't going to happen tomorrow. Um, and I understand that it's hard because I, I'm like, I, I see it like that. I just feel it in my gut. All of these things are going to happen because I will not, not let them happen. Um, but you know, quitting, um, and, and, and deciding to, to give up, that's easy, you know, like that's super easy. So what fun is that? You know, I mean, push yourself. You're going to have days where, you know, you're, you might be pitching people if you just started a business and you might feel a lot of momentum. Um, you know, you're like, I've got, I've got all these leads and I've got these great conversations and I've got all this going. And then two weeks, three weeks, you might hear cricket. You might get down on your yourself and think, you know what, this needs to happen by this date, or I'm going to be out of money. And I, I just have to go back and get like a normal nine to six job. And it's, in that moment you think, no, like that is, that's not an option. That cannot be an option. That has to be in inside you to say, I need to hustle. I need to adjust. I need to do whatever I can to keep this thing going because again, quitting and, and deciding not to do it is easy. It's the easy way out. And so when you have goals, um, which a lot of people don't, I've, I've really realized that is a lot of people don't have short term goals to reach their long-term goals. And I think when you sit down and evaluate, what do I want this year? What do I want this, this season, uh, for, for myself? And once you get to that point, then you can go in these little short term, you know, accelerate as fast as you can to get there and grow off those, get some momentum to reach some of those, those bigger goals. So, um, you know, for me, I take every single day as an opportunity uh, to get better. It doesn't mean that I always am going to be better, but I take it as an opportunity to. And, um, you know, in those moments to, again, when I'm lost in my own head and, and stressed or anxious about something, remind myself, man, this is part of the process. Like this is, this is the fun part. So that in a year or two, you can look back and be like, man, look what happened in the past year. I achieved a lot of the goals I had and now I can start moving towards the bigger goals I had. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just, you've got to push yourself. Um, you know, it, you, I, I can relate it to athletics so that I can always say you have to push yourself like an athlete, but it can be with anything. It can be a doctor. It can be an attorney. It can be a teacher. I mean, teachers work harder than anyone. So you've got to have that inner strength to, to really motivate yourself and, and see, all right, there's a bigger picture here. I'll get there, but I need to continue on this path. Don't give up. Don't give up. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. What awesome lessons, wisdom from a 35 year old. That is awesome. <laughs> really. Well, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, you know, you've just learned so much and you, you took your energy from the very beginning. And so I think, uh, you know, the, the encouraging message from you is just to do it, right? Just to uh, understand your beliefs and, and 
like you say, shut up and hustle, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, exactly. That's what we need to do. Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming on Everyday Leaders. Do you have anything? Uh, tell us how we can connect to you, follow you, keep up with you. Uh, what's the easiest way besides LinkedIn? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, LinkedIn's great, as you know. I mean, it's a, a great tool for everyone to, to stay connected and, and do opportunities like this. So I'm super grateful that, that we were able to connect on there. Uh, best way for, for anyone to kind of keep up with me is whether it's Instagram on my personal account, it's just N Domingo. Um, but more so, which I obviously am the most proud of and I'm continuing to grow is, is shut up and hustle. And it's, uh, you know, shut up the letter N hustle.com. So shut up in hustle.com. That's the website. Um, we're obviously on, on Instagram or on Facebook we're we're, we're on LinkedIn and, uh, for me right now, trying to just get, you know, other people's stories out because while I love being a storyteller myself, and I think that I, I hope that I have a great message to, to tell people and inspire people, my story is far from being written. I haven't reached a, a point where I really feel like, all right, this is my purpose yet. Um, but I am surrounded by great people who have, and, um, you know, if there are, people out there that, that want to get their story out there of, of grit and grinding and, you know, hustling their way to, to get to where they are. I would love to connect with them um, and, and tell their story and, and collaborate in, in some different ways to, to see what we can do together. Cause that's, for me, that's what it's all about is, is just kind of, as you said, kind of spreading that love, um, you know, spreading the, that message to, to help other people who may not be at that point yet in their lives. That's wonderful. And I know that, you know, helping to spread this is going to really connect more people to their purpose and to you. And so I just really appreciate from my heart you sharing your story on here, being really stepping up and being an everyday leader from the very beginning of your life and realizing that every day is going to get better and better and better. So thank you for being on Everyday Leaders. Thanks so much, Melanie. I really appreciate it. Forever grateful for uh, you tracking me down and, and, and getting me on. I appreciate it. Have a great 2020, Nick. Thanks so much. You too. The second annual Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to the University of Indianapolis, Saturday, February the 29th, 2020. Use this one extra day in 2020 to invest in you. This year's theme for the Leadership Summit is Change the World. So join us on Saturday, February 29, 2020 in the Health Pavilion to gain the inspiration you need to change the world. Get your tickets now, as there will be limited seating. Go to everydayleaders.com and let's change the world together. Joe Studios production.